Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. And this is Season 2 of Flannel and Beards. You know what my favorite thing is? What's your favorite thing? Books. Uh, yeah, you do love books. I do love books. I gave away over uh, 250 books that's, when we moved. That's pretty amazing. So, I have to say, I'm a little bit of a bibliophile myself. Uh, you have a nice bookshelf. I, it's, it's large and substantial. Yeah, we have very, uh, for the most part, we have different books. But. We do, which is funny because, I mean, there's certain books that you can find in almost every pastor's library. I'm a liberal. And so right, you know. yeah, you like Rob Bell. I get that. Yeah. Uh, He's a great poet. Not a really? Great, not a great theologian, yeah. but a great poet. Yeah. He, he's good with words. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, but one of the things I love about books is getting books for free. I love free books. Do you think our listeners like getting books for free? Look, I think most of our listeners like anything for free at this point. <laughs> They're like, just if, they've, if they've stooped so low to listen to our free podcast, I'm thinking they're pretty desperate. So we have had 2,894... Different plays of our podcast. That's cool. I think that's my wife. <laughs> Two thousand and our, times and our mothers. Like that's <laughs> okay. I mean, that's still that's a lot of plays. Yeah. Um. So we've had we had thirty something episodes in season one. Yeah. And thirty four episodes in season one. That's a lot of plays. That is. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. That's good. But you know what we haven't had? What a we sp- haven't had interaction with a single one of those people no. who listen. That's right. Um, so they're all Russian bots. Pretty much, <laughs> yes. It's because you're part of the KGV. KGV, oh, KGV. Oh, <laughs> oh, man, that is not true. Yeah. Um, so we thought that we would do a giveaway, yeah, give away a book. Yeah, because so, we're desperate to hear from you. Stay so we will buy your love. <laughs> well, that's how we got our wives. So stay tuned until the end of the episode, and we'll tell you how you can win a book. You have no idea how true that is. Do you want to tell them what book you're giving away? I, I am giving away uh, Divided... Hold on. Don't I need to say... Wait till the end to tell them what book? Okay. I'm giving away Divided by Faith, Evangelical Religion and the Problem of Race in America by Michael Emerson and Christian Smith. I'm giving away uh, What If Jesus Was Serious by Sky Jethany. Sky Jethany. You pronounced that very well. Thank you. Yeah. Like great. So they're great books. Yeah. So stay tuned till the end, and we'll talk about that. So our first episode of season three, we talked about COVID. Like, hey, are you surviving COVID? Yes, Just kind yes, of where we were yes. at. Since then, you've started in-person services. I've been doing in-person services for a few weeks. Yes. Um, so I wanted to just touch base. How was your first in-person service back? It felt great. Oh, good. Yeah, good. it did. I mean, we had very few people. I intentionally... Actually, didn't advertise it real big. I mean, we made the announcement on social, yeah. but it was like one announcement. No one really shared it. I didn't really care if they shared yeah. it. I didn't even share it to my personal page. Yeah, it's weird because it's like I want people to come back, but not to me. I don't want them to <laughs> yeah. be where I can't social distance them. Right, and so right, and like, and we had like I mean, I, we might get into this, but we had safeguards in place to make okay. sure that you know we had the proper number of people and all that stuff. But it felt amazing. Good. Um, and yeah, it was really good. How about you? Yeah, so first week back, we had a decent attendance. Like it was mm-hmm. 
It wasn't like the best we've ever done, but it, it was okay. Um, it's been pretty low every week since. Um, and talking to some of the other churches in our area, you know, we weren't the first church to open up on our street. And so asking them what they've seen, they see about a third of their people have come back and about two thirds haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so we, that's pretty, pretty true for us. Um, the most of our folks, some of our most faithful folks are having babies mm-hmm. um, or have health conditions yep. or like, you know what, I'm just scared about this and I'm not going to leave my apartment. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I, you know, we're kind of all over the map too. We sent out surveys before we reopened, and the overwhelming response was yes, reopen. Um, most people uh, were like, fine, you know, just take some measures, and and we'll be good. We'll we'll show up. So we'll we'll see how that act plays out in actuality. Yes, um, I had a lot more people say yes in surveys than have come. Yes, you know, and so. I think a lot of times it's easy to say yes in a survey when it's just hypothetical and then right. when it comes down to it. And in general, if you're listening to Kerry Newhoff and uh, uh, David Barna's, um, David Kinnaman's, sorry, from the Barna Group's um, podcasts, like they're saying this is a pretty normal thing. Most churches are not seeing a huge you know, resurgence of yeah. attendance. Um, a lot of people were saying after 9-11, churches were filled. After mm. COVID, the churches are going to be filled when we open back up. Yeah. And most churches are not full. Right. We're seeing, if you look at the data across the U.S., about one-third of people are coming back. Two-thirds are staying away. Yeah. And so as you think about reopening, having in-person services, just that's a reality you need to think about. You can't be done with online service mm-hmm. because two-thirds of your church is not going to come back. Yeah. Um, so what kind of restrictions did you put in place? Yeah, so, I mean, we, we followed our local guidelines, state guidelines, pretty much to the T uh, as best we could. We, we definitely, we have a, a flow, of, like, for people for uh, ingress and, and egress, like, in and out of the building. Uh, we have signs up that remind them to do social distancing. We have signs up that remind them that a mask must be worn at all times while they're in the building. We do make the exception if you're for our vocalists when they sing, they take it off. Uh, when I preach, I take it off. Other than that, we have it on. Yeah. Um, so uh, we have sanitizer stations like pretty much every ten feet as you walk in. Uh, one of the things we did, I saw this online actually. I saw, I, I totally stole it. I copied it. Um, it was actually that from feels creativity. I, I, it was from another business. Um, but they had, um, we have three different colored wristbands, a green wristband, a yellow wristband, and a red wristband. Have you seen this? A lot of people have. So there's a sign by the green wristband that says, I'm okay with hugs and high fives. Uh, there's a sign by the yellow wristband that says, um, uh, what does it say? I'm, I'm still cautious or, or something along those lines. And, and the red uh, uh, um, wristband is, I still need to keep plenty of distance and so they're there people can grab one and wear it so there's not that awkward what do i do because some people are like they just going for the hug or the handshake right now and other people are like you know six feet i've got a rape whistle and so (laughs) at the church you know like people go in and they go to like hug somebody and i'm like 
And, uh, you know, and then I come over and I give them, a, like, a yellow card and they yes. have to sit out for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 but we have that to make it comfortable for people. Um, our, we're in a new space that has pews. Yeah. So the front pew is completely blocked off. No, one, We have good space between the stage and the pews anyways, okay. but front pew is completely blocked off. No one can sit there. And then we alternate, like... The right half of one pew will be open, and then okay. behind it, the left half will be open, but the right half will be now, closed. Now, how did you block it? Do you use ropes? So we have signs. We just have oh, signs. Okay. Yeah, and and people, and then we we do have um, someone there to make sure that people, like when they come in, to make sure they sit in an appropriate space. Now, this is a new space you have not used. Yeah. Before COVID, correct? Is that correct? Correct. So you moved to a new space yes. in the midst of COVID. Yes. Your old space was the school, right? Was the school saying no outside? Use? Right, right. They're, I mean, they're not even meeting until the seventeenth of November, and I seriously doubt that's going to happen. To be honest with you, yeah. Um. So, so yeah, we, you know, if we're going to reopen, we had to. What about you? I mean, any? I think that's pretty much all of our our main. Th- we obviously sanitize the pews after mm-hmm. it's done. Yeah. We have a sanitizer um, that we spray, and and so I I think that's that's for the most part. Uh, well, and and when we we dismiss people, and we give two separate entrances for yeah. like yeah. depending on the section you sit in, you got that entrance, and like there's no there's no hanging around and talking. I tell them you go out in the parking lot, what you do is your business, but while you're in the building, it's mine. So. Um, yeah, we don't take up offering. I mean, they can. There's a basket yeah. at each entrance. We, they can we drop it in. Ever Most of our giving was always um, was always online, but there are some people who who yeah. still give in person by check or cash, and so we've always had a basket by the door. Like mm-hmm. The whole thing we yeah. never passed anything, so that wasn't mm-hmm. a big change. And most people have moved on online to giving. No. Um, so yeah, we did master required while you're in the mm-hmm. building. We take your temperature before you enter. Okay. If you have a temperature. You can't come in. Hit the road, um, Jack. The, uh, we ask people, if you're not feeling well, don't come. Mm. And we've had a few people who's like, you know, today I just have a headache, but I'm not going to come. Yeah. And then some people have even texted me, and they're like, hey, you know, I think I've just got some allergies today. I'm like, don't come. Yeah. Don't. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to make people not feel bad for not coming. Right. So there is a, uh, I think, a tendency sometimes the pastors, like, guilt people, like, get in the building. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... I just don't think this is the time for that. Right. People are having to make hard decisions, and yeah. so we try not to do that. We took away all food. We always had a lot of food because uh, we yeah. love food. We did the same we thing. We got rid of all food because it's just we took you away take coffee. Off to eat food. Yep. yep. Um, we do. We have moved back to where we've got coffee and everything's pre like pre set up for you, mm-hmm. and everybody's got their own individual cup and stir and. Everything and we just get thrown out if you don't use it. Yeah. Um, so this is not ideal, but um, we didn't do coffee for the first couple of weeks. And honestly, I drink so much coffee on Sunday mornings. I was like, I need to brew some coffee. Mm. Um, and so, so now we have that option. Um, we have said that people can pull their mask down to take a sip of coffee while they're sitting six feet apart. Mm. In the we have chairs, so it's just a big yeah. open space. Yeah. So we've separated the chairs from each other by at least six feet um they're 12 feet from the stage or stage area and so the same as you like while we're on stage we take our masks off um right now it's just darby and i on stage um and so we're not doing like a more full band or anything because right. darby and i live together already so right. being on stage at the same time is a bad um we have hand sanitizer which you must use when you walk in mm. and you must use when you walk out um 
yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Some of those were like things that they asked us to do to use the building and some of the things we put into place. We do allow people to stand around and talk afterwards. We just ask that you um, keep uh, social distancing. Yeah. So, like, on some weeks, they'll go out on the sidewalks and they'll stand yeah. and talk, which I'm like, that doesn't bother me, that, or standing inside as long as you're six feet right. apart. And I will point out, too, like, you guys were in green. We went to, we didn't go to green. We, were, we, went, we yeah. went to this modified green phase, which we're still in, technically. Yeah. We're in the suburbs. Yeah. So restrictions are a little bit yeah. looser than for you. Like, you can eat in a restaurant so. out here now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, uh, there's some restaurants. Right. There's not a lot. Right. Um, I have not done that. I have eaten outside at a restaurant. Right. Um. Which was interesting, but it wasn't bad. It was okay. Um, so, what I want to ask you. Yeah. You're back. Yes. Kind of having services. I mean, you're having services. You're having services, yeah. Things are kind of... They're different. Yes. Yes. It's a weird world. It is. Um, it's a mad world. What would happen if they said, there's a shot, there's a cure for COVID. Yeah. There's a, you know, a, uh, you can take this shot and, you know, you'll be immune to it. Um, and COVID goes away. What changes about the church? What stays the same? Man, that's, <laughs> that's a loaded question, kind of. I won't get into, because there's going to be people that don't want to take the shot. Like, so you got that whole thing to deal with, right? Like, oh, yeah. Right. So we're assuming that everyone takes a shot and it's good. Well, let's say this. Are you going to say to attend church, you need to have the shot? No, I'm not going to. Like, I don't think I would. I don't know. Uh, I can't answer that. We're not there. I don't think I would do that. Okay. Um, um, we, we just have to see. But let, let's pretend it goes away. Um, what would be different? What would be the same? Man, I... I I'd like to think... It seems to me like people are dying to go back to what whatever normal is. Like, I really feel that. I um, In a lot of ways. Even people who kind of surprise me. Yeah, you kind of see the ideology. Uh, and I don't want this to be a political discussion. But it does trend to follow uh, political lines. Like, people who lean more right seem to be more anxious... To get going, yeah. people lean more left. It's not that they don't want normal, but they just seem to be a little more cautious. That that tends to be the way it is. Not right or wrong either way. It's just the way it is. And so, I still think even as much as I'd like to think, man, if there was a cure and it was just or it just was gone, they said I don't know what happened to it. It's gone. Yeah. As much as I want to think, yeah, away. yeah. I uh, I don't think that things will be back the way they are because one, people are still going to be nervous, afraid, or yeah. whatever. Um, so I, th- I think that's the first thing. Like, I t- There's a million factors that are going to affect just the attendance of a Sunday morning service. Um, part of it is people are still going to be nervous or scared or yeah. worried. Um, maybe they have a compromised immune system. Whatever the reason, it doesn't really matter. But that's going to hurt. Second is, we're all doing online now. And so there's an option available for a lot of churches 
that may not have been available before, probably was not available before. Like, we would post ours on YouTube sometime during the week after the service, so they could pretty much be a week behind if they wanted, but it's not the same. What's funny is I noticed that we met live this week, and my uh, Facebook Live viewership went up substantially. So I don't know if that people feel more connected because they know people are there, or maybe they feel like they're missing out more because other people are there. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think that attendance is going to be much different for for a while, and that's that's an ideal situation. Let alone if it's not ideal. Yeah, yeah. So I think most of the data and the uh, the people tracking data, uh, like the Barnett Group. They're saying that the average church attender uh, or the the faithful church attender attends about twice a month. Mm. That's yeah. current yeah. data. Um, they suggest that it'll drop to one or less times a yeah. month yeah. post-COVID because people have got out of the habit of attending. That's the And thing, we yeah. also, I, I love digital church. I've been doing online church, church for, uh, we post the same Sunday. If we don't live stream it, we post it the same Sunday. Right. Um, we've done that since we've launched. Uh, a couple times a year, we just say, hey, we're not having any service. We're going to have an only online right. service. We were doing that before COVID. Um, so I, it's not that I hate those things, but by having online services for weeks and months, we have told people, this is a legitimate way to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think that once we start going back to in-person services, we'll have a lot of people say, why? Why go back? Yeah. Um, it is interesting, too, like Levi Lusco. Um, you know, yeah, I know Levi. Yeah. At, I, like, um, you know, I like Levi. He's, a, he's written books. I have a couple yeah. of his books. Um, uh, he's an okay writer. I think he's yeah. a better speaker. Definitely a better but speaker than the writer. He's, um, no he offense, was being Levi. interviewed. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. Um, he just started a new podcast the first day. They they had more listens than we have had our entire life. Yeah. But um, he talked about how during this time, like, he mentioned this on an interview with Kerry Newhoff. He goes, there's people in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who are watching my church online, and they're a part of our church. Mm. And, um, man, I struggled with that. Yeah. Because his church is in Montana. Right. And they have campuses in a couple states, but none of them are near Philadelphia. Definitely not. And Definitely um, a different culture in Montana. And so, you know, he talked about some of the things that, like, he encourages these distant members to do. Yeah. Uh, but that's a different way of thinking about church when you think of it as a countercultural community right. that's l- living out the ways of Jesus mm-hmm. in their neighborhood. It's hard to do that in community when community is so distant. Yeah. And so I worry that a negative response from this will be people will be more disconnected from the the actual gathering of believers and the united mm-hmm. expression of the Christian faith and that more and more people are going to say, hey, it's something that I can do without a community around me. Yeah. And I think Christianity is at its worth when you are trying, at its worst, when you are trying to live in love like Jesus without a community to help you yeah. and without spiritual authority to guide you. So this, Alex, you are really dancing all over my biggest concern um, with everything that's happening. And this isn't a concern like I feel like it's some kind of conspiracy. This is a concern just like even if you're if you're physically sick, right? Um, like I have a friend in Memphis who, who uh, had the coronavirus 
this was like three months ago. In fact, NPR, she was just on NPR this past oh, week huh? because she's still experiencing symptoms and You're hardships. Did you say her name and name drop? No. Oh. Uh, but, I'm uh, just teasing. No. But, so, so sometimes you have a sickness, and after that sickness, things aren't ever the same again. Yeah. Right. You're changed by it. Um, and I, I'm worried about the church because we are. I've seen people snarkily say online, like, you know, some churches, John MacArthur's the big one, right? Who's making a stand, making the big stand against big government. You know, they're having their peaceful protest because they can't meet as a church. And I'm not getting into whether we think he's right or whether we think he's wrong. Um, He's wrong. (laughs) uh, But he, you know, here's, here's the issue. And someone snarkily said, but it's not about the building, is it? You know, because we like to say that church is the people, not the building. Well, that's right, it is the people. And it's the people gathered together. We just happen, it's more comfortable to gather in a building. Like, like I would rather gather in a building than in a snowstorm, uh, you know, in the warmth, or in a building where the air condition is on than when it's 98 degrees outside. So, yeah. so you know, like, I, psychologically, there's issues with not gathering together. Obviously... Um, as the church, the way the Bible spells it out, we're supposed to gather together. Like we need personal, real, physical interaction face to face with each other. So, like I'm kind of wondering, like for us, we do neighborhood groups, right? Every church, most church plants do some sort of small group, wh- whatever they call it. Or, but a lot of those for us are in people's homes. Well, what does that look like? Are people comfortable? going to other people's homes or people co- comfortable having people come into their homes not knowing who they are how you know there's not as much control like the church I can kind of control everything in the building because I'm in charge of that building you know and I can give them you know things to do and be really but th- you know like where how do you control all that so what does that look like do we meet out outside like we've been meeting outside for small groups for a couple months now on social distancing well, weather's a fact. It's been a hot summer. Actually. It's been a hot summer. So there, there's like once where where we canceled for the heat, um, but you know we can't do that. All. Like you said, either it's hot or it rains or winter. Ain't, ain't no way I'm sitting outside for an hour and yeah. fifteen minutes in the middle of the winter here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll you know, it was last winter, right? Last so was all that stuff is going to start to be really different, yeah. and people are sick of the Zoom calls. Yeah, I'm but sure. they are also. Maybe not be ready to meet in someone's home in a small space. You know, I, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot that's going to be different. And I don't think um, ultimately it's healthy for people. It's definitely not healthy for the church. I'm not, I don't know what the way around. Like, I don't have a solution. And I'm not, like, saying anyone's wrong. I'm just saying this is a legitimate issue that we're going to have to really think through. And, and really, I mean, to pray through it. Like, we need to humble ourselves and not rely on a cure but rely on God because this is his church you know one of my soapboxes is the church is always behind we're never looking ahead we're not even caught up to where current is so reason I want to talk about this is there will come a point where COVID is in the rear view mirror either because it went away or because it was a cure will horizon and watershed will our listeners be already thinking about like what needs to change and what needs to stay the same? Yeah. Um, so, what do you think is like? This is a, this is something that's never going to change. We got to make sure this stays the same. Um, you mean I, something pre-COVID that needs yeah. to stay? Yeah. I, it has to be gathering together 
uh, especially in small groups. Like, to me, that's the one thing, that's the essence of the church, is gathering together. If you don't meet together, it's not the church. I don't care what you say. And I know the idea is, what if it's on, like, Levi Lesko, you know, you're part of our church. No, you're not. Sorry, Levi. Yeah. I hate to burst your bow. And I get what he's saying. And I feel that way. I would feel that and way, if too. If you go and listen to his, he wrestles with No, it. and I get and it. He's, I, he's, I, I get it. I know he's not. Yeah. But you're really not. You're not a part of a church. There has to be personal encouragement, interaction, ministry, um, even correction. Last year, yeah, I did a, uh, I did a series on the spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. the practices of Jesus, the, essentially like how do we become apprentices of Jesus yeah. by following his practices. So looking at the spiritual disciplines, as I was looking at different lists, one of the ones I found was so interesting was spiritual authority, having mm. a spiritual authority mm, in yeah, your life. Yeah. And Jesus submitted to the spiritual authority of his Father. Mm. And we need spiritual authorities in our life. And I think a lot of online church is a way to consume spiritual information without having mm. a spiritual authority yeah. in your life. Yeah. Um, and that always leads to self-sufficiency, mm. which is a type of idolatry because you're relying on your abilities and your intelligence mm. and your information rather than... God or mm. like people that um, God has allowed into your life. Mm. Um, so, one of the things that I want to think about is well, let me back up for a second. One of the things you talked about with small groups, I think one of the things for us that's going to change is we're not going to have small groups anymore. Um, we are just going to have weekly dinners. Okay. And um, we did that last summer. It was like a pilot for an idea that I had and I wanted to try, and I really liked it. What we found was naturally around these dinners, one, people would come to these who would never come to, oh, it's a Bible study, right. you know? They would come out to a dinner. But naturally, we got into spiritual discussions with people doing these. People knew that I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, these people go to your church. And it was a good way for worlds to collide. People yeah. were inviting their friends who were unchurched. And uh, I was like, this is what we need to do. We've done small groups in coffee shops and in homes. We've done things that are more groupthink and more things that are more teaching. And we've done all kinds of different varieties, done demographics. And so uh, this is our way forward. Like we're not going to have, Horizon's not going to be a church that does small groups where we study some book or we watch yeah. some movie. Uh, we're going to have dinners and you know, if there's too many people at this dinner, we'll have dinners in two homes or three homes. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. How do you think, like, do you think people, how long do you think it'll take the people? Because if you're going to gather around for a dinner, mm-hmm. close space, no masks. Yeah. Because you can't eat through a mask yet. They haven't invented that. So um, how long do you think it'll be before people are, are open to that? Yeah, so I think that, you know, if we started it today, which we haven't, right? Um, there would be a handful of people who would say, yeah, I have no problem with right. that. Um, I think the majority of people would not do that, and I wouldn't encourage that at this time. Yeah. I think that would be reckless. Um, yes. To be like, let's all stand around and eat and talk um, without masks on. Like, that just, that seems reckless at this point, um, which is why... We haven't started it. No. But if we're talking post-COVID cure or it goes away, right? that's what our future looks like. We're not having like a woman's group and a men's group anymore. We're having dinners yeah. and uh, in different people's homes and, um, you know, come together, share a meal together, bring everybody brings something, and we uh, 
we just have some good time and spiritual conversation together. Um, I think that could easily be, rather than like having a real strict agenda, like you can have a spiritual question that you ask that night or hmm. something. You know, like what was the moment in your life that's brought you the greatest joy? Well, even someone who's far away from God can answer that question. Mm-hmm. So that naturally gets into spiritual conversation. Yeah. So I think it can be strategic. Um, and so, anyways, so that's our plan. Okay. Um, so, let me ask you this. The uh, David Kinnaman and the Barnard Group have said the churches, this is going to be a time of dramatic church closings. Mm. There's a church in our community that's closing mm. um, through this time. And the data right now is tracking across this country, tens of thousands of churches will close. Wow. COVID. I had not heard that. Um, so some estimates are really, really high, as much as 30%. Mm. But that seems, uh, I think that's high. But right. still, we're talking about thousands and thousands yeah. of churches closing across North America. Now, one of the things that he listed as, uh, as things that were reasons close, or, or churches that were in high danger of closing, it was churches with you know congregations over seventy. Yeah, um, they've been kind of slowly dying for a while. Right, and this is just the thing that pushes them over the edge. And then the really young church plants, churches that are less than five years old. So, what? is a sign that your church plant is going to weather this and what is a sign that your church plant is going to close to this? Man. Like, um, and I know let's, we try to be as real as we can on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, how are things looking? Are, are there things that you're concerned about yeah. in the midst? Are there things that you say this is an encouraging sign? Man, I got a little bit of, of both. I think church plants specifically mm-hmm. are are more geared to weather this than older churches. Um, one, we're more nimble because we're smaller, and yeah. typically there's one or two decision makers. Yeah. Okay, That's so true. so if you have a good leader, someone who's wise, um, they can make some decisions fairly quickly, make some changes fairly quickly um, to help navigate this. Uh, the other reason is, uh, on a very practical, very real reason, is that most of us as church plants from the get-go, have done online giving. And so, I mean, money is part of what keeps a church afloat. That's just all there is to it. And so, if people have been giving online, um, if they're still able, they're used to that. And, like, our experience, for the most part, I mean, we've had, we've gone down some, but not as substantially as other churches that I know who who have not used to online giving. Um, So... So I think in that respect, most church plants are in a good spot. Okay. The, the converse of that is, is, you know, it's hard enough to build a congregation to retain people as it is as a new church. So now you have this, we're a six-month low, almost six months now, yeah. five months. Um, and so the same thing we're talking, if only one-third comes back and you only had 30 in the first place, you're starting all over. Yeah. So, can you weather that storm? Do you, you know, do you have a job, a bivocational job? Do you, are you willing to go get a bivocational job? And I know we talked about it. It's hard. It stinks. But are you willing to do that if you have to? 
Um, you know, that's that's going to be, you know, or is there support from outside financially that can keep you afloat for long enough to weather the storm? Yeah. Um, so all those factors. So, uh, so the, I will say this. We have grown a little bit um, through this. That's super encouraging for yeah. me. I think people have had time on their hands to reflect. Um, like God's been working on them. You know, there's a lot of of confusion and doubt in the world. And so I think God has come in and filled that space in some people's lives. And people have been, we've obviously been online in a great in a greater presence than we had before. And people yeah. have engaged and picked up on that. So that's the stuff that's really encouraging for me. The stuff that is discouraging is the same stuff that's encouraging is that the funding has dropped. The number of people may have dropped in your situation. You may have just been started and all that momentum is gone. And maybe... You and your family or you and your wife, you're worn out. Maybe your partners are like, nah, we're done. You know, yep. like there's all those things that that could really be concerning. So let's say there's somebody listening. Yeah. They just launched. COVID hit. Maybe they were a couple weeks in, a yeah. couple months in. Uh, you know, maybe they were at that point where uh, the first couple weeks were looking good. And then there were, you know, they were starting in those post weeks where the numbers start to go down and you're like, is anybody going to stay? Right, right. And then COVID hit. Yeah. Um, what would you say to encourage them? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I would say this. I would say um, that I'm preaching on on Mark, and we're on Mark chapter 5 right now, where Jesus heals the man with many demons. And, um, you know, one of the the things that, as I've been studying this passage of Scripture, is that, like, because this guy had demons, other people, like, tried to bind him, and, like, they... They gave up on him. They just get him out of my life. And then he started hurting himself with a stone. So people gave up on him. He gave up on himself, so to speak. But where we give up, Jesus gives hope. And so I would say you might feel like giving up. And it may seem like, man, this is there's no way out of this. Like it's too long. The money's whatever your factor is. But I'm telling you, Jesus can give you hope. And I know that's what you're there to preach. But sometimes we need to hear, be reminded ourselves because we can't see the forest for the trees a lot of times. So, man, I would say that hold out hope. And, and I would say this, lean in even more. I know if you've already launched, hopefully you've been doing this already, but lean even more into your discipleship. Really dive in deep and invest in the people you have who are leaders, like Alex said on our last uh, podcast, and, and really invest in to the people who you have relationships with are far from God on a small scale as much as you can like now's the time if you know get together with him at the park find find ways to interact with him and and just dive into that more and more and more and maybe God has a plan for all this for us to really develop relationships more than developing a program something I've thought about during this time is uh, so many pastors are overwhelmed and overworked yeah so many guys are saying I've never worked harder yes, in my entire yeah, life yeah. for ministry. And it's almost like the more out of control the world feels or our ministry feels, the harder we work to try to control what yeah, we can't control. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know about you, Eric. Like It's been suffocating. It's been exhausting going through COVID and trying to lead through this. 2020's been a heck of a year. Yeah. Like It's just been like, uh, what a year to 
be alive, let alone leading a ministry, let alone leading a young church plant. Yeah. Um, and so don't forget to take time to rest mm. and reflect. Go to a counselor, get away, take some vacation. Just your church is going to be okay yeah. because right now there's not that much you can do to decide whether it survives or dies. Yeah. Like it's out of your hands. And so be faithful, but then rest and reflect and get away and Next week I'm um, I'm out of town and I need that because yep. it's just like there's too much for me to try to process it or make it work or like uh, you know somehow hold it all together um, and so that would be my encouragement. But I'm just just to tag off that last last year uh, during the summer, um, me and my family we took a month spent a month in North Carolina. And I may have shared this on the podcast since then. I, I don't know, but I'm we gonna don't share listen it. to our own. Podcast, yeah, I don't know. So we don't know. Uh, I'm gonna share it again. There was like three major things that were happening um, that really threatened to sink the church. Um, and I, you know, they were kind of beyond my control, but I still kept trying to control it and still kept trying to work to make everything fix it and was right. And the time we had this plan because we were displaced from our home, so. It's like it was time to go, and we went, and I was just so stressed and so full of anxiety and so worried, and um, we stayed in a place where we literally had, like, no cell phone service. So, like, even if I wanted to, even in town, there was, like, one, there was a Hardee's that had internet, and the internet was sketchy at best. Like, it barely worked. So, like, I was literally removed from just about everything, and... um, Every single one of those things that I was worried about working so hard to fix and make right and make work got resolved when I did absolutely nothing. By the end of the month, everything was more than taken care of, and I had nothing to do with what I did before or what I did while I was on that trip. And so, Alex, to your point, God is absolutely big enough. He doesn't need you. You need Him. And so... Be a child that needs his father or her father. And don't worry, he doesn't need you. He can take he can do the heavy lifting. Yeah, that's good. Um, so COVID, the future of the church after COVID. Start thinking about what can you do to position yourself because it's gonna be the churches who have thought ahead and have positioned them well who are gonna thrive after COVID. So many churches right now. They're figuring out just how to react to COVID. Yeah. We need to start thinking proactively for post-COVID so that we can be in a position to reach people. Digital church isn't going away. It's the new reality of our world. We need to figure out how do you make disciples with digital church. Mm-hmm. And I think that the churches that figure that out now mm-hmm. are going to be the churches who are equipped to reach the church, the world of tomorrow. Yeah. So. yeah, I think bridging that gap from digital to personal would be huge too like how do you okay you get engaged people digitally how do you engage them analogy i don't know yeah. how do you build a with them after yeah, yeah after the, after digital, the digital right especially when you don't, may not even know that they're connecting with you like what what yeah. do you do so that would be the yeah. next thing um so we're going to do a book giveaway yes yes we so are So here's what you need to do yeah. you need to send us an email yeah that says i want a free book yes and 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 I'm actually because I, I mentioned this to you. I, you know, I'm a, a, a stationary nerd, big yes. time, 
So I love I fall I in love. I try not to judge him, but he always comes in with his Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper. <laughs> There's a big pink unicorn it's on the true. front of it, and I'm like, really? Eric? I got the fluffy pen, but I do have, and I, I fall in love with fountain pen. So I'm gonna throw in a fountain pen too. Okay, yes. nice. It won't be a super high end one, but it's one that I use all the time and works great. No my block. It won't be a high-end one. Yeah, I, We're like, really selling this giveaway. Yeah, well, um, it'll be better than the $2 one at Michael's. So you're going to have you're gonna get two books and a fountain pen. And a fountain pen. We You'll are, probably have to we find it for yourself. We're going to choose one person who emails us. Yes. So no one ever emails us. Never. So this could be your chance to win. Because like, all I'm, you do is have to email us. I'm going to put it like, a, I don't know, what do you think? One in five? What do you think? Oh, how many emails we'll get? Yeah, like what's your chance of winning? We'll one in five? One. We'll get one. So you think you get a hundred percent chance if you say? I think email? so. I can't guarantee that. I'm gonna say one in five. Okay. Um. So this is gonna run for to. Uh, this will actually post on today uh, next Thursday, the twentieth. The twentieth. Yeah. Um. So it'll run through the twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. Okay. So we'll announce our winner on the twenty seventh. Yes. All right. So. You have to get your email in by August 26th. We only give you a week because we're church planners and we know you'll put it off. So we're giving you a short amount of time. Exactly. So what's our email, Alex? Flannelandbeards at gmail.com. Flannelandbeards at gmail.com. So send us an email. Let us know you want a free book. And uh, do we want them to do anything else? Like send a picture of them standing on their head or no 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 don't do that if just, we just get an email get that'll an email. be amazing I want a free book yeah there's been 2,000 whatever plays and never one zero email. emails so flannel and beards and you spell out and it's not the ampersand that's right spell out and yeah, maybe maybe they get it wrong everybody's been sending it to fl- <laughs> oh gosh uh, okay so guys get some free books these are both books Eric and I love and you get a, a subpar fountain pen. Sub, it's not subpar. Oh, okay. It's a workhorse of fountain pens. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Uh, have, a, have a great week. Have a great week. See you next week.